lot of prophetic uh, around, you know me, I love the prophetic, apostolic, prophetic, let's go to heaven, let's see what God is having, what he's saying, because what did he lay the foundation in? The apostles and the prophets, right? So it was the word of the Lord that was laying the foundation, and now he's coming in a capstone generation, and once again, he's coming in the same way, and he's releasing the prophetic and the apostolic because the clear, true word of the Lord has to come forth in order for the final generation to, be, to come into the fullness of, of Christ, right? So we can all agree on that, right? Well, so we had a prophetic word over our house about just this release of, of a double portion of grace that God is doing this year. And in fact, um, my, my Ashley named her daughter um, Jane Grace, which means Grace Grace. Of course, we didn't know that at the time, but the Holy Spirit showed us. And, um, and the, the prophetic word was over baby Jane, um, was that when the child was born, we were going to see this double portion of grace, grace coming into the earth. And, and so we are just really excited about that, just the calling and, the, and just the prophetic sign of her life. So um, this, she, she had Jane two weeks ago, and then um, a couple of days ago, about four days ago, um, the enemy came in and, and planted a seed of a of, of viral thing in her lungs. And so she's been in the hospital. It's been really, really serious, very serious. I mean, like life and death kind of serious. And so they had to take her through a lot of breathing um, exercises, put breathing stuff on her. She's got a tube, uh, an oxygen tube in. Um, uh, they give her a spinal tap. I mean, it was just, it was just really bad. You know, she's, she's not even two weeks old. So um, I was asking the Lord about it. And I felt like he said it's a sign that what is happening to her is actually a sign of the condition of my church. That the enemy has come in to steal the breath of God, the word of God, the spirit of God out of the body of Christ. Because who lives inside of us? Jesus. You can sing it. Matthew. In my he, thank you, Christ lives in us. The word of God lives in you. The word of God lives in you. And I felt like when we were in prayer this evening that that's what it was that he was showing me, that this is the place where the enemy has come to steal. And it's really interesting because tonight's message is about a new sound, God's voice is being reawakened in the church and this new sound is the word of God it's rumbling within us and it's beginning to awaken once again and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a little history lesson about authority because you know the I had a, I had a pastor say to me one time um, because I was talking about increase and that we're in the days of increase and he said no no Jesus did everything on the cross, and there's nothing more that he needs to do. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's true. But we also know that the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain, and that the latter house is going to be greater than the former house, and that the increase of his government, there will be no end. So we know that, that the kingdom is growing and expanding. 
and that the last generation will be the greatest generation of believers that have ever lived on the earth. And that the culmination of all of the promises from Abraham all the way down will be seen in you. And I believe that you are that generation. And I believe that your children is that generation. And for me, my grandchildren, the increase of his government and his authority, the increase of his governmental authority. John 1 says very clearly that Jesus is the word. Jesus is the word. And the word was in the beginning. I mean, that's, 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 that's Christianity 101. But the word of God lives in us. Colossians 1 says, well, Colossians 1.16 says this, For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 John 5, verse um, 6. I want to teach you tonight a little bit about the Word of God and, and, and the place where the Word of God is, in, is initiated and, where, and then where it culminates. 1 John. Okay, where are you? There you are. 1 John 5. Verse 6, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is true. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Okay, repeat that. These three are one. Okay. And there are three that bear witness on the earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Say, these three agree as one. And it says in verse 6, it tells us who this is. It tells us who, what the spirit, the water, and the blood. Well, who is that? It says this, this is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So he said this, it is Jesus, and it is the Spirit that bears witness to the truth. It is Jesus, and it is the truth that bears witness on the earth. Well, where do you live? On the earth. Who do you have inside of you? The word. Jesus lives in you. He came to live in you by the Holy Spirit, and he is truth. He is the word, and the word is truth. I'm just establishing a little foundation here. Psalm 115, 15 through 16 says this. 
May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. And so he established and he built everything, but he said this. Listen, I created it all. I created the heavens, the third heaven, the second heaven, and I created the earth, and I gave the earth to men. I gave that. He gave that to you. He gave that to us that we would rule over the earth, that we would take dominion over the earth. The earth belongs to us. See, we've forgotten that. So what happened? What happened if the earth belongs to us? What went wrong? So turn your Bibles to Genesis 1, verse 26. Now, we all know the story. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then he blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So he said, I'm giving this to you. I'm giving this to you. I've created you, and I made you in my image. Well, how did he create man? I'm uh, supposed to have video coming up. How did he create man? What does the word say? The word said that he breathed his breath into him. So where is it that the enemy is attacking the church today? The place. Oh, turn the volume off. Turn the sound off. Okay. I want you to watch this. This is the, this is the only thing I could find. It's actually the Sandman from Spider-Man. But... <laughs> I want you to look at what's happening here because God is creating and he's drawing the earth. It said that man was made from dust, that you are made out of dust. And that word actually means clay, which means that it's broken rock. It's crushed rock. And so he took the rock of the earth and he breathed on it and man began to take form. And you can just about imagine what it was like in that day. And what God was saying when he said, you will be like me. You are made in my image. And he's breathing into him the very likeness of himself. And he's beginning to take form. And he, he began as a rock and as a pebble. And then he began to take form of a man.
The word says that he formed us in our inner parts. And that not only did he form our inner parts and that he put skin on us, that he connected our bones, but that he gave us a personality. He gave us his emotions and his thoughts. Adam was so connected to God. There was such a relationship of trust between a son and a father. Okay, thank you. The reason that I wanted you to see that, because I wanted you to see the power of the creative word that is within you. Because what happened right there is that the whole earth and all of matter matter and atoms all began to come together because the word of God told it to. We don't really understand the power and the authority that we have been given. And I can tell you that because you can see the fruit of it. So I want to take you to a place where I feel like God has us right now. I've been talking to you about crossing over into the promised land, and I know that I've been hitting this a lot. But genuinely, I have to tell you that I have never encountered anything as serious as I have and as profound as what I believe that we're in right now. And the fear of the Lord is on me so strongly to say this over and over and over until we all begin to move in this. Because if 12 people can lay hold of what God is saying right now, then we can change the city. God is releasing fire and he's releasing favor. It is a grace, grace year. And what is available to you, if you will apprehend it, is a completely different kind of life. You see, God... Over the past three years, and I, or, I, he said three years to me, he said, there have been promises over your life over the past three years. And now those promises are coming to pass. And there are things that you have had that you have been laboring in, but yet you, have any, you haven't seen any of the fruit of it. And I've seen the body of Christ, and a lot of people are just kind of, they've gotten so discouraged, and they don't even want to hear the prophetic word anymore. They're like, whatever, I don't, I, don't, I don't even believe anymore. They're so stuck in neutral that, that their words are, are, are weighted with negatives and bitterness. How did Adam, how did he do it? How did he take authority and how did he rule? He was, he was commanded to take dominion, to rule, and he was given all of God's authority, and he did it this way. He did it through his words. Because he said, I want you to name something that is not as though it is. And so I want you to join with me, and the two of us are going to co-create, and you're going to begin to call something even though it's not. So I'm going to bring before you these animals. And through your words, you're actually going to create that animal. 
what that animal does, how that animal functions, what that animal, who that animal will be. The created word. And he said, I want you to bring all of the qualities of heaven to the earth through this agreement. What did he say? The three are one in heaven and the three agree as one on the earth. So you're, there's actually a response that God is requiring from his people. He's saying, I've got to have agreement with the truth because when I don't, it cancels out what you've been crying out for. So we're all walking along and we're going towards our destiny and, and, and we've had the prophetic word and the word of God has come into our lives and we've been praying and contending for stuff, but yet we get out of that place of prayer and what do we do? Our words will cancel out the very thing that we were just contending for. And so we stop. We're dead in the water, stuck in neutral or going in reverse. The angels and the fallen angels cannot create. They can't. Only you are made in the image of God. Only you can create life or death with your words. The angels and the demons don't have, they, they, they were created as servants. They serve God by serving you. And so what they do is they wait, and whatever comes out of your mouth, somebody's going to grab hold of that and run with it. So when you're speaking negative and you're cursing yourself or you're cursing your life or you're cursing others, guess who's going to grab that the minute it leaves your lips? Either the angelic are going to take it and begin to create the future and the destiny and the purpose and the plan that God has for you or the enemy is going to take it because he can't create. He can't create. He doesn't have the ability to. So he's going to take it. And what is he going to do? He's going to create with it. He's going to use that to create death. So I've been talking about crossing over in the promised land. And guys, I'm committed to get you to this place. And I want to talk to you about this place called Kadesh, Kadesh Barnea. I know. Joel, you want to come up here? <laughs> Give me a little help. How do you say that in Hebrew? Kadesh Barnea is the place where Israel was crossing over into the promised land. So they sent the 12 spies. Moses sends the 12 spies out, remember? Ten of them come back. Well, they all come back. And they're all like, everything God said was true. This is a land flowing with milk and honey. An incredible abundance over there. There's just one problem. It is virtually impossible for us to take that land because of the giants that inhabit it. Now, I want you to think about your own life as I'm saying this. It's virtually impossible for all of those plans and promises to come to pass because it's too, it's too big. It just can't happen. It can't happen. It's impossible. I don't have enough money in my bank account. I don't have enough giftings. I don't, oh, wait, how long can that list go? I don't, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. And who are you looking at there? And God said, wait a minute, but 
you're not looking at me. This is everything I'm doing. This is everything I've done for you. I brought you here. Did you say I parted the Red Sea? I showed you who I was. I showed you my nature. I fed you manna. I fed you manna in the wilderness. You know those little bitty, oh, there they are. Look, manna's falling from the sky. Is that what they look like? Am I close, Joel? <laughs> okay, so they're feeding them manna, and they get the little quail because they complained. So now they've got manna and they've got quail. Oh, wait, and they got water. Water comes from the rock. Dang, no wine. It was really the wilderness. So what was going on here in this place? Okay. So what were they before they got into the wilderness? What were they doing? What was their profession? They were slaves, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> they were slaves. They were slaves. Both in both exoduses, they were slaves. When they, when they, uh, the exodus of Moses and the exodus of Zerubbabel, in both instances, they had a slave mentality. They had a spirit of poverty and a spirit of lack. So everything that they saw, they saw their lack. All they saw is everything that wasn't happening. All they saw is everything that that person isn't doing for me. All they saw is lack in themselves, their lives, and other people, right? And so what, what the Lord was trying to do is he was trying to get them over into the promised land, but 10 of them, all they could do is focus on their poverty. And it was, two, it was only two, only two that saw the wealth and the provision of the Lord. And this word Kadesh Barnea actually means consecration. And so I want to show you in the word, turn to um, Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3. Oh, no, I don't want to go there first. Sorry. Okay. Hold on. Here's where I want to go. Deuteronomy 1, verse 26. Deuteronomy 1, verse 26. Nevertheless, you would not go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are greater and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. Then I said to you, Do not be terrified or afraid of them. 
the Lord your God who goes before you, he will fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all, of, in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet for all of that, you did not believe the Lord your God who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents and to show you the way that you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. So here they were, and what did they do? The minute that they, they began to complain and they began to say, well, the Lord's not good, and that's not actually what they're saying, but that's what they mean. So their hearts are still in this place of poverty, and the Lord's trying to get them over here into this place of abundance. But because they're not, they refuse to be consecrated in their mouths and in their hearts, they can't get over here. You see, first what happens is that your, your heart, the condition of your heart will lead to the thoughts of your mind, which leads to the words of your mouth. You have your heart, whatever's in your heart will come through your mind. Hello. And then whatever's in your mind will come out of your boca. That's Spanish for mouth. That was a freebie. Okay? And here's what we want to do. We want to get healed. We want to get healed in our hearts. This right here is the battleground of the enemy, and this is where you're going to get attacked. And if, you, if this has not been healed, then you cannot fight here. And then the things that you say are going to agree with the enemy. Okay? Now, what happens is that this, as this gets healed, the spirit of God begins to rise up. And your spirit, man, actually begins to take the place of your mind. The sons of God are those who are led by the spirit of God. And so this... It becomes subject, your mind becomes subject to the spirit, and then your words actually become words of life. And it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. You actually will begin to prophesy your future according to the word of God. Okay, turn to um, Numbers 14, verse 26. And this is what happened to the ten that spoke with their words. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I have heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Just as you have spoken, the words that you spoke, I will do to you. The, carcass, the carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb and Joshua, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore to your fathers, or to I swore that I would make you dwell in. So he's saying, listen. The things that you said actually created the very destiny that you're going to walk in. When you said God cannot provide, 
then God did not provide. Why? Because in the beginning, you were given the authority of the word of God to begin to create. And you, since you create, your words will actually go out and create the very thing that God has spoken over your life. But when you disagree with God, that is the very thing that is going to go create your life. So you're either going to believe the lie or you're going to believe the truth. And the lie will become your destiny or the truth will become your destiny. Okay, so turn to, um, okay, now turn to Deuteronomy 8. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Every commandment. Now, this is after uh, they've been in the wilderness for 40 years. And he's got Joshua, right? He's got the new man on the scene. Every commandment which I command to you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and multiply. Remember what he told um, Adam. What do I want you to do? I want you to multiply in the land. How are you going to multiply in the land? Let's find out. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. And... And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know that what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments, whether or not you would keep his word. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your father know, fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So Jesus quoted this when Jesus was in his wilderness experience. When Satan came to Jesus and tested him and said, Hey, why don't you turn that stone to bread? And Jesus' response was that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Right? Is all of that beginning to make sense? Now look at verse 18. Chapter 8, verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Okay. Provision right here. Poverty over here. Okay. Your consecrated words right here. You get to decide which way you're going to go. If you want to stay in the wilderness, then you let your mouth take you there. And you be lazy in your speaking. But if you want to get into the promised land, it is time, beloved, to consecrate your words. Poverty says this. It's negative about the past, about the present, and about the future. Sarcasm, by the way, anger's ugly cousin, that was in a movie, is the same thing. It may be funny, but I don't think demons have a sense of humor. A word is a word, is a word, is a word. The other thing, speaking the obvious. Okay, speaking the obvious, God has a promise before you. But what do you keep saying? Okay, you probably might be able to 
remember if if this is th what you've said before. I don't know how this is going to happen because <clears throat> I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this promise is going to happen because, and then you go through your list. Well, I, we don't have any money. I don't have any blah, blah, blah. We don't have, I don't, 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 negative, negative, negative. What were they doing? What were the spies doing? They were just speaking the obvious. They were just like, well, I'm just going to give you a clear evaluation. This is the obvious. We can't do this because. Getting very quiet in here. <laughs> yeah. The other, you ready for this one? Negative thoughts and words about other people. You know, this is going to be a surprise to most of you, but people aren't perfect. <clears throat> I know, right? Shocked. And you see, you, you, I mean, we're all prophetic people sitting in this room. You see the good, the bad, the ugly. But if we continue to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then we spend all of our time in the area of who's right and who's wrong. God doesn't care about who's right and who's wrong. He cares about the truth. He cares about his truth. And that's what we're talking about. There are people who are right and wrong, but if you, if you major on the area of who's right and who's wrong in any relationship, what is going to happen is you'll actually judge them and become the judge. What does a judge do? You're right, he's wrong. You're right, he's wrong. Right? That's what a judge does. And what did Jesus tell us not to do? Don't judge one another. Right? Instead, why don't we do this? If we're in a situation with somebody, why don't we pray and try to seek the truth? Because he said, but I want you to, to, to share the truth in love. And so you haven't judged them. The minute that you judge them, there's no way that you can go to them in love. Because you've already judged them and they can feel that and it comes out in a, with a different emotion. And so they know that they feel judged. And so you can't reach a place of agreement and a place of truth because you've already, the gavel's already gone down. Instead, why don't you pray? God said, I'm looking for one to stand in the gap, but I can't find anyone because nobody has clean hands and a pure heart, and nobody's willing to, to enter into the place of prayer contending in love for one another. So if you see something on a brother or a sister, why don't you say, God, what is the opposite of this, and how can I begin to take your word and begin to pray your word and contend for their life? There's, I've never seen anything like it the way it is in the body of Christ is how we shoot those who are fallen. All right, so I want to talk to you about this, the things that we speak. <clears throat> I want to get into this because um, it's very interesting how um, the Lord's been talking to me about this since Christmas. 
um, and he's been talking to me about uh, the New Age movement. Right? Well, you know, the New Age movement, they actually have a lot of what they do that's, that's kingdom principle stuff. Right? And what they do works. And it works because they're tapping into a law of the universe. God established the universe. Satan knows the laws of God. Right? And the laws of God work for those that are non-believers and believers alike. It rains on the righteous and unrighteous, right? So, I mean, they, we all, if I, if I fell from a building, gravity, the law of gravity, not because I'm a believer, I wouldn't float. Well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and there's coming a day when the laws of gravity will no longer apply, Okay. We will be walking through walls and being transported. But you get the drift. So, I mean, the laws are in there, sowing and reaping. So what am I doing with my words? Sowing. And then I'm going to go along the continuum, a continuum of my life, and I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, and then I'm going to reap, right? But if I stop sowing or I actually begin to destroy the seed, what happens to the reaping? There'll be no reaping. And then we're scratching our heads going, well, I don't know, the promises of God for them work, but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> right? Well, I mean, you've got to pay attention. What, what are you saying? What are your words saying? The New Age picked up on the power of speech and thought way before we did. On visual, visualization. Going to meditation. So what we're called to do is go into a place of prayer, and we're in there with God, and we're meditating, and he begins to show us who he is so that we believe in the goodness and the word of God. He shows us who he is in us. He shows us the plans and the purposes that he has for us. That's what prayer is, people. It's not begging. It's not laborious. It's not boring. I get to hang out with the creator of the universe, and he's going to open up a window of my soul, and he's going to take me places. I'm going to have encounters with him. It's a living experience. There's nothing in the world that I would rather do than prayer. Nothing. And I, I can say that it's 100% true because it wasn't true like five years ago. I was like, God, anything but prayer. <laughs> and now I just, I get to see, I get to see the truth. And it's intoxicating to me. It revitalizes me because I go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's who I am. Wait, that's right. That's what you called me to do. Wait, I forgot, I forgot. I got into, you know, I got into hope deferred and, and I, the enemy came in and was lying to me. But now I, you show me again and I believe, I believe. See, the snake said to Eve, if you do this, you will be your own God knowing good and evil. 
you can be your own God. That's purely New Age doctrine. See, the difference between what the New Age does and what we do is that you do it according to God's will. If you ask anything in my name, if you ask anything according to my will, it will be done for you. If you have faith, if you believe, and you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will speak to that mountain and you'll tell it to go into the ocean. If you see it in heaven, then it will happen on the earth. Because you are co-creating with God. And there will nothing that will stand in your way. And if you can lay hold of this, if you get into the place of prayer and you get into the place of meditating on the goodness of God and the things that he's created you to do, if I can get 12 people who have been created to do a particular thing in Dallas and we can all begin to agree with your words and you won't let anything take you off that place, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this city will come down. Because you will begin to burn and your words will begin to take matter and it will begin to create the life that you've been called to live and it will all come forward and it will all become the very thing that God said. You are, you know, God says he controls the hearts and minds of men. Who do you think he does that through? As your words speak, then it will happen. This is the gospel. This is the authority that he died to give you. And we're in the days of increase, but here's the rub. Here's the rub with this. I want to tell you, we have got to get the fear of the Lord on us. Because as this is increasing, we're going to start to see the Ananias and Sapphira's moments again. The words that you speak are not just words, but they are power. And they are power to create life or death. And I'm telling you, it's something we've been crying out for. We've been crying out, crying out, crying out, going, God, release your governmental authority. Release your greater power. And he's like, the sound is coming, and it's going to come out of your mouth. And I am go- I'm about to increase in power with more grace, shouts of grace, grace. It's going to come out of your mouth. And what you say is going to happen. If you are cursing, that is going to happen. We need to get the fear of the Lord on us. Because we have to walk with a consecrated mouth. I have so many people. uh, Rick Joyner, uh, there's a plethora of them. All of these prophets are saying this is coming and we're not ready for it. Why are we not ready for it? We're not ready for the harvest. We're not ready for all of these people. Why? Because we don't even know. We can't even bind our own tongue. We can't bridle our own tongue. And so our ship is sailing and our rudders are going in all of these different directions because one day you're on, the next day you're off. The one day you're on, the next day you're off. And the Lord is going, oh, would somebody go down there and help them? We want to clothe ourselves with the words that we speak. That's what's coming. Everything you speak has an emotion, and it comes from the heart. It goes through the mind and then out of the mouth. 
Your words carry a vibration, a color, a sound, and a smell. You actually leave a trail of life or death. Your circumstances that you are in today have actually been created by you. Now, here's the thing. A lot of us have been through uh, some hard times. The enemy came in to kill, steal, and destroy. And things happened to us in our lives that came to take us off of that pathway. Now, we have to overcome so and get our hearts healed, dust our knees off, and get back in the place of speaking the words of life over our life so that we can once again get that forward momentum and we can start seeing life come back to us just like that man who became life out of rocks. And just as it happened there, you are building your life with the word of God spoken that comes out of your mouth. John and I, we are so serious about this that we have actually lined our lives up with it. We went in and we made a list of everything that God has spoken over our lives. You know, when the Lord, I had a dream, and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to draw your dream, because once you draw your dream, it's going to happen. And so remember, we all got out our crayons. You better have drawn your dream. Come on, that was your homework. If you haven't drawn your dream, you need to draw your dream. Be a creator. Every single one of you co-creates with God. What are the promises that God has put in your heart? And so what John and I did is we went in and we whiteboarded this. We got together as a couple and we're like, okay, what is it that God has said to us? And we went in and we took the picture that we drew, the co- we, that we colored. And we went in and we began to list all of the promises. What did God say? What did God say? What do we carry in our heart? And every day we say, thank you that promise and all throughout the day we say thank you father for who you are and we just we just praise him we praise him we thank him and this is what it's it's so crazy the new agers guess what they said the very first thing to do when you're doing whatever it is they do is gratitude well that's in the bible you enter his gates with thank you Okay, where's the gate? Where's the gate? Uh, Psalm 24, what does it say? What does it talk about the gates? That the king of glory is coming in. Those that have clean hands and a pure heart, they will ascend the hill of the Lord, and the king of glory will come through these gates, and nothing will stand against you. I want to go to the hill. Then so on and so forth. All right. So you get, you get the picture, right? We're doing this every day. And I am paying such close attention to the words that I speak. And so is John. And I mean, all day long we encourage one another because it's hard. I mean, we live in an information age, so there's a lot of communication coming at us that doesn't agree with the promises that God has on us for our lives. And here's the thing about God. He has given you a purpose and a plan that's impossible for you to achieve. Every single one of you 
I will guarantee you that's the truth. If he has called you to the highest heights, I'm telling you, he will, he will basically, <laughs> and this isn't, I'm not prophesying this. I'm not prophesying this. But he has put, John and I, when he told us to start the house of prayer, he put us in a position where we had no money, no time, no energy. What else didn't we have, baby? <laughs> we had love. <laughs> Why? God likes to drive the bus and he likes to get the credit for the destination. Right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you, um, worship team, come on up. The thoughts that you think and the words that you speak, I want you to start really thinking about what it is. You, I, I can tell you right now that 90% of us are going to come up here when I, when I call you to come up for a consecrated tongue. And so I'm going to have them begin to worship, and I really want you to start thinking about all of the ways that you've cursed yourself the ways that you've cursed other people. Because the word repentance means to change your mind. And all of these people and all of these things that God's called you to do, it looks impossible because it is without God. And when you're making your list, I want you to be very careful because this isn't, a, this isn't just a random, I want to get rich, I want to have a Cadillac. You know, that's witchcraft. <laughs> right? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to you. I drew my picture. Front and back, I drew my picture, and I knew that it was what God told me. And then the next day, I thought of something else that really burned in my heart. And I went and added that to my picture. So the Lord gave me a couple of dreams, gave me one and gave John one. And he went, I, I didn't tell you to put that on your list. You're operating in witchcraft. This is about the, what is the will of God for your life. This is about being a son and being led by the Spirit of God because you're called to take this nation. You own the earth. It belongs to you. And you need to get really mad that somebody else has tried to take your earth. Tried to take your stuff. Tried to take your kids. Take your parents. Take your ministry. And so our words need to start lining up so that the body of Christ can surpass everyone else in provision, yeah. in wealth. And guys, it's not about money. I want to be wealthy in my thinking. I want to be wealthy in my giving. I want to be wealthy in my attitude. I want to be wealthy in my health. There are so many ways of being part of God's provision. But I also want to have everything that he's called me to have. In the area of money. I'll leave you with one last thought before we go. 
where it says, guard your heart with all your strength. This is actually my favorite scripture. Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart with all your strength for out of it the issues of life flow. Fight for love. Fight for love. Don't give up on God and don't give up on each other. Let your words be filled with kindness and love, hope, encouragement, understanding. Don't look at all the negative stuff. That's the enemy trying to show you. I know a lot of things about a lot of people that the Lord has shown me and that people have come to me and told me. And I can choose to either be offended or I can choose to war on their behalf. And I choose to stand in the gap because I know and I see everything that's on that person. I see the life and the destiny. I see the promise. And we say, oh God, choose me, send me. I'm one of unclean lips. And he comes and he, and he takes the coal and he puts us on, a, our, on our mouths. See, God is healing leprosy in the church. Where, where they had to wear a covering over their mouth because it was so contagious. And they walked in a room and they said the word unclean, unclean. And he's saying, I'm cleansing the mouth of my church. This should give you such hope for what God is doing and how he's going to do it. Because we can do this. So what I want you to do, uh, let's get the lights. I'm going to start, want to worship. Let it flow over you. And I'm going to pray over you, but I want you to come up because I feel like the Lord wants to consecrate your lips. James 5.12 says this, Above all things, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into temptation, into judgment. I'm telling you, we can do this. I know it's late, but I really want you to get there with God tonight. I want you to get there. I believe a lot of you need to repent of the things that you've spoken. And you need to ask God to consecrate your lips. Consecrate your words. Heal your hearts. Change your minds. This is the pathway to your glorious victory. Let your hearts, oh God, let our hearts be wells of living water that spring forth life, 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 and that out of us, we will cleanse one another. We will cleanse our lives. We will create life. We will create motion. We will create momentum. Entire cities will become ours. God, awaken us in our faith. 
our faith, our faith, our faith, that we would believe no matter what we see with our eyes. Release your word. Release your prophetic word. Release your spoken word. Release us, God, from the prison of criticism, from the bondage of negativity. God, I ask that not clean water and bitter water would come out of our mouths, but help us to flow with you and the Holy Spirit, that we would be led by the Spirit of God, that we would be led by the Spirit of God, that we would be led by the Spirit of God.